Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Nabil and this is the Movie Pals podcast, podcast number 27. And today we're going to be going over what we've been watching. We have a topic by Nabil about summer movies, some recommendations there. And then we're going to be going into our review of the new Marvel film, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Hey, what you watching? All right, James, what have you been watching? So I saw a couple of movies, actually. So Awesome. First one I want to tell you guys about is I saw the Western film Hostiles, uh, which is directed by Scott Cooper, who did Crazy Heart back in 2009, Out of the Furnace in 2013, and the Johnny Depp film Black Mass in 2015. Some good movies. I've only seen one, Black Mass. Oh, really? I've seen, I've seen Crazy Heart and Out of the Furnace. So, so And those, I actually really like those two. Especially Crazy Heart. That's the one where uh, Jeff Bridges finally won his uh, Academy Award. He just kind of uh, came out of nowhere. That's one I want to see. They're like, Jeff, just be yourself. He's like, okay. (laughs) Uh, No, this one stars Christian Bale as Captain Joseph J. Blocker. And basically, it is set in the late 1800s where he is tasked to escort a dying um, Indian war chief whose name is Chief Yellowhawk, played by uh, Wes Studi, across back to Montana. And basically, they come across. The thing is that um, Christian Bale's character is a he hates Indians or sorry Native Americans, so he's killed a lot of them, and a lot of them have killed his uh, like friends and uh, allies and all this stuff. And basically, it's a journey about him bringing him back to Montana and realizing like there's more to life than that. Obviously, if I, if anything, the movie's a little predictable. Obviously, yeah. If you see the trailer, it's kind of like oh, they must from, be from, from what I remember. They must that become way. friends. Yeah. But I mean, it's a lot more. It's very violent. It's super violent, actually. It's it's rated R, so it's one of those movies where people like you. You see a guy get his head sculpted, like you know, oh, if you can't handle that. Yeah. I was like, oh no, Nabil doesn't like knives. Yeah, I was about to say Nabil sitting this one out. No. He's like tapping out. Um, really well done though. Cinematography is super, super, super good. There's some shots where when they reach Montana, finally, it looks really well done. It's Probably some of the best cinematography I've seen in a while. I'm assuming, just like in Out of the Furnace, I remember I had a really good shots like that too. Yeah. Nothing too elaborate, but it's really, it's those are all. I'd say he focuses more on like American kind of scenery, and it's definitely one of those things where the outdoors of what you see is what you get. And it's it really well done. Uh, I thought Christian Bell was excellent in this one. He once again, he's a method actor, so from what I heard too, he really got into this role. I mean, I don't think he was yelling at any soundmen or anything, like getting in front of the shots, but he did pretty good. And uh, Rosamund Pike is in the movie, too. She plays a um, a lady whose family was massacred by the Apaches, and um, she kind of joins up with them. And I, th- I really liked... I, at first, I, I thought her she was going to be like too annoying. She's yeah, like you're the not, unnecessary female. You're right? not like the biggest fan of hers, are you? Um, I Truthfully, I've only seen her in like Gone Girl and... Um, that's that's all I can think of that right now that she's been in. 
That's I mean, all I've seen her in too. I don't think she. I but true. I I didn't think she was even that great in Gone Girl. So yeah. But this one, she was pretty good, and she wasn't too like over the top. But it worked out for me. Uh, I also saw the Clint Eastwood film that he directed, uh, the 1517 to Paris, which stars um, the three main guys that are actually were in that event. Uh, for anybody that needs a recollection of it, it was 2015, there was a um, thwarted terrorist attempt on a train that was heading from, um, where the hell was it at again? Well, it was heading to Paris. It was know, going to Paris, Paris, I know, but they were in Amsterdam, sorry. Amsterdam to Paris. And basically, these three um, guys, childhood friends, actually, and uh, two of them were in the military, one in the Air Force, one in the Army, or the Marines, I'm sorry about that. And then um, they're just normal friends. They tackle this guy down and beat the shit out of him, basically. <laughs> um, it it was okay at times, but I think the fact that they used the three guys, you know, they're, they're, they're heroes. It's crazy. So they, they won one of the highest honors you can ever get in the French, uh, in France, too, the Legion of Honor. So, like... Um, it's kind of cool to see them, but they're not the best actors, obviously, which is kind of what's well, expected, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, they do better than I thought they were going to do, I though. Am. So I was kind of surprised. If you didn't know it was them at first, you'd probably just think like, "Oh, these guys just aren't really good actors." Yeah. But then some when no you, names. Yeah, but then when you find out that it's like, no, it's actually them, you're like, oh, okay. That I think I I came in with more of like a grain of salt. I was like, I got to get these guys kind of like a. Yeah. You know, a little past. They saved like so many lives. Oh I'm yeah. Like, Fuck it, I guess. I mean. The thing that the weakest part of the film, not even that, outside of the acting, I can get over that, is that they try to add like a backstory to it all and it just doesn't pay off too well by the end of the movie. Mm. It's kind of like the this is the reoccurring thing of like uh going toward her purpose. It's a little too heavy handed. It's a little too Clint Eastwood. Trying to say like fate yeah. is leading us here. And it's one of those things where I think that if they had cleaned up like the the only real interesting part is the train part really sure. that's I mean, all that's i really wanted story, to right? yeah. it's like i don't need to see these guys walking around fucking rome and shit but it works out it's cool because it does give people a heads up of like this is what happened this is how intense it was it is a big deal and it's cool to know that these three guys have at least you know because i'm pretty sure some people have actually probably forgotten about this event uh it's nice to kind of bring light to it and just so that people know I didn't realize it was that long ago in 2015. I feel, yeah. I feel like yeah, it's a little more recent. Years, yeah. man. And then lastly, just a quick one here too. Um, I went and saw the movie Tag, which oh. is a comedy film about uh, five best friends that are basically, they play a game of Tag for 30 years. There's not much more to say. <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, no, it stars Ed Helms, John Hamm, uh, Jake Johnson, Hannibal Buress, and Jeremy Renner. Basically, Jeremy Renner's character is getting out of the game, so they're doing a final like tag game. Basically, the premise of it quickly is that they play during the month of May, where they don't live in the same state, so they just pop up on each other and play tag. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it's based on a true story, though. Like yeah. these guys really did this shit too. So they don't tell each other like they I'm don't tell town. them like, hey, they I'm just in town. Know that May first happens. It's, something's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, the whole month. Days. So it's like a you can go anywhere. They they disguise themselves and like they show real footage at the end, which is kind of cool. Like they actually did that, which is funny. Uh, unfortunately, the movie itself isn't that funny. Oh, <laughs> so. But the thing is, it doesn't need to be that funny. There's a couple little like chuckle moments and all that stuff. But the movie works because the main leads, um, they work really well, chemistry-wise. It really feels like they're actually friends. I just find it funny that it, it's not as not as funny, only because I heard that Jeremy Renner like broke his arms or broke his shoulder or something doing one of the stunts in that film. Yeah. 
And so he filmed like Avengers four with broken limb because apparently of he was just tagging too hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he did his own stunts, man. It's right. one of those movies though that's definitely just like a. That, I'd wait to rent it or yeah. stream it. It's definitely not one that you need to rush out, which is kind of disappointing because we've had some really good solid comedies, comedies this year so yeah. far. And this one just kind of misses the mark, but that's what I've been watching. Very cool. Yep. Right on. Uh, what about you, Nabil? What have you been watching? Well, you'll be proud to know that I have been watching things, so that's great. That's the first step here, guys. No excuses. Right. Yes. <laughs> Shut up, Nabil. Jesus. <laughs> Um, though what I've been watching, I don't think you guys would be too interested in, but let's talk about it. Marco's dozing off, guys. <laughs> First, I, uh, <laughs> no, no, what, what, what's going on? We're doing the podcast still? Yeah, we kind of are. The, the take with, uh, Idris Elba. Oh, nice. Um, it was a film that came out in 2017. Um, it also stars, uh, Richard Madden, who was one of the King Starks, Rob Stark, I think it was, and, uh, um, oh, okay. uh, Game of Thrones. Yes. So he's also in this film. And it's essentially about um, Rob Stark's character. That's <laughs> how you know. Michael Madden. Uh, Richard Madden, I'm sorry. Uh, he's a pickpocket and he lives in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, who He actually plays as an American uh, in Paris. And um, Idris Elba's character, Sean Breyer, he is a CIA agent who's stationed out in France as well. And Richard Madden's character, basically he's... Finds a bomb that he pickpockets by mistake. It goes off. How the fuck? He pickpocketed a bomb. Yeah, okay. it's a, he pickpockets a backpack essentially. He's like, Check and he out. didn't know it was a bomb, and it goes off. Oh wow! And some people die. And finds out um, he's being kind of, kind of framed for this murder uh, of people. Uh, and people, the po- Parisian police are after him. Think that he's a part of the uh, terrorist organization or something. And Idris Elba is there to try to, you know. Find the guy and then finds out there's a deeper conspiracy ahead in Paris about this uh, bomb. Is it like a mystery then or is it more like a... No, it's... It, is honestly, it like an action film? It's an action film. It's kind of like... It's a it's a very European action film. Have you guys ever oh. seen the film uh, Three Days to Kill with Kevin Costner? Uh, no. No. I, I know. Has, I've, I've, I've heard think, of it, but yeah. I've never seen it. And and it's essentially where Kevin Costner's character in the film is kind of like a uh, an ex... A CIA agent or FBI or something like that, and is trying to save his daughter, who um, gets kidnapped, and he's in Paris doing it. So you're saying these movies are similar? Yeah, kind of similar. Is this that, the same yes. director? Same, same director. Wow. Oh my god! Yeah, so. it, it sounds like uh, on top of Rob dying in Game of Thrones, his career died too. <laughs> oh, I expected. I didn't expect it to be a great film. What but did I you like it? Though? I, it was. It was entertaining in the fact that Idris Elba was an entertaining character. Um, the plot I know this thin. is the second pot in a row you've seen at Idris Elba. And film, that's honestly the, the reason why I watched it was because I saw it on HBO and I thought, oh, okay, maybe this is not too bad because the thumbnail on it shows him in like this decked out gear with about to put on a mask. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a tactical heist film. It's not. Oh, he's, damn. he's driving yeah. around a little bit. There's a, there's a couple cool action scenes. You know, you're in Paris, so, you know, not everybody's allowed to have a gun. So he's like the only one that has a gun shooting around people. Um, but kind of like a pass unfortunately i wouldn't recommend it to anybody to watch um but another film i did see was a uh, transformers the last night finally came okay. out in 2017 oh no um and i will say that as it has been for the last few transformers films the plot's pretty thin there's not a lot going on there um the whole optimus prime returning back to earth after leaving in the last film kind of happens very quickly Spoilers, Nabil. Uh, 
Not, there's nothing. No, there's, 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 there's no, no plot to spoil, to be honest. It's just, don't, he's just, you know, yeah. Yeah. he just kind of comes back and, you know, there's there's a bunch of, uh, visually it looks amazing. Oh, yeah, it looks the film really good. looks always really good. Um, Mark Wahlberg's character in there, um, Cade, Cade Yeager, I think his name is. Yeah. He, his daughter is MIA. MIA. I mean, he's in school. She's in college. He kind or of something. explains like, yeah, oh, this just is kind why of she's not here. conveniently is not available, but they um, are able to move his plot forward in the story. And Anthony Hopkins is in the film. I think James, you had mentioned how Anthony Hopkins' uh, dialogue is really terrible, but he does the best he can with it. You can tell. Yeah. Like I think when he got the script, he said something about it being one of the more. Uh, the reason he did it is because it was so different from what he's ever done. And he's like. He doesn't to usually out. do a lot of big blockbuster films. Not like that, no. Yeah. Which is kind of cool because you see him in there. So I was like, oh. and I'm sure he got paid really well for it. So why not? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. He's got the voice for it. He does. I mean, they were looking for an Englishman, but the, the perfect Englishman. I'd say the weakest thing is the 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 plot of that movie is. You know, it's not the movie's not as bad. No, as it's you not think a terrible is, film, but. There are some stupid, stupid moments in it too. Like the Merlin thing is like uh. the one thing. The one thing I hate about Transformer films are I'm shaking my head right now. They just they and I mean it's great to a point, but they just assume that you know all these Autobots and Decepticons, all the characters that you just throw in, and you're just trying to catch up. Like, wait, who's he? Why is he important? Where did this guy come from? And that uh, kind of see, you got to be a super Transformers fan, right? Like watch super uh, fan to figure the whole shows because at a certain point they they. Introduce so many people where you're like, yeah. I don't even give a fuck anymore. I just know Bumblebee and Optimus. That's yeah, all I really care about. Uh, Megatron? Uh, mm. Starscream? But isn't he always dead? And then all of a sudden, he's there. It's like, oh, so I mean, eh, he never in the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But um, it was it was entertaining, at least for the visuals. So definitely, worth, yeah. it's on Hulu right now, so it's worth a watch at home. The other, film, the other show I've actually just watched is a new show on Amazon Prime called A Very English Scandal. Um, starring Hugh Grant. This and, sounds like something you'd watch, yeah. by the way. <laughs> and Ben Wishwa. He's like, it's political. <laughs> it's about... Um, so Hugh Grant places a PM uh, called Jeremy Thorpe, and he was con- accused of a conspiracy to murder his ex-gay lover, Norman Scott, okay, and was forced to stand weird. trial. Yeah. And it is very English. Um, it, it's very I've dark. I've heard good things about it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a dark kind of comedy. And it essentially shows Hugh Grant um character jeremy thorpe uh how he got into the relationship with norman scott and how uh jeremy thorpe is actually um starting to rank uh, rise up in the ranks in the british parliament and actually ends up being one of the leaders of the labor party which is kind of like similar to the democrats Mm -hmm. um here in the states and um how essentially his career starts getting railroaded because he was a it, it was illegal in the uk to be gay and so um for him to have any kind of uh, sexual discretion um, was obviously bad, but if it came out publicly, not only would it ruin his career, but he'd end up going to jail. Um, so it's kind of showing how that all leads up, how he gets into these relationships, and then um, how it ended up him being accused of uh, attempted murder. So does this take place in the past then? Yeah, in 1979. It's based on a true yeah. story. Yeah. But it's kind of like a funny take um, on it. So it's not like slapstick comedy. It's very British, so it's, it's super subtle. But... Um, I will tell you, you both will not like it. As I watched the first episode, I was like, nobody's going to be. Oh no, this is definitely not on my queue. Yeah, definitely not something you guys probably want to watch. But you didn't didn't change my mind either. (laughs) (laughs) Just let you know. 
But if anybody's interested in any uh, type of British comedies or anything, um, or just British history, uh, period, um, it's a it's a very well done show, uh, and Hugh Grant is really great in it. So I do recommend watching it for that. Nice. Yeah, but that's what I've been watching. What about you, Marco? What have you been watching? I've been watching quite a lot. I've been all over the place, but it's come down to a couple things. I'll start off by saying I finished The Expanse Season 3, a show that I regularly talk about on this pod. Uh, But really quick, it's a science fiction show on the Sci-Fi Channel. It stars Stephen Strait as Jim Holden and Dominique Tipper as Naomi. And really quick, it just takes place in the future. A cop in the future finds a murder victim that uh, leads to a huge conspiracy in our solar system and events unravel after which. So that's the gist of the plot. There's a lot more to it, and I can't say more without spoiling stuff from, from the plot. But real quick, the third season was pretty awesome as far as a season finale goes. Uh, again, the way that they test these characters to their limits and they really truly find out who they are, I feel is like a really good high point of the season. However, I can tell that halfway through, they knew that they were going to get canceled off of a sci-fi channel. And they do this weird time jump where the plot kind of slows down. The first half is really great. Like it's awesome. It's fast paced. Uh, there's a lot of action. Um, a lot of the um, the plot gets you know, going through it, but then halfway through it, it just kind of stops. They do the time jump and then things slow down. But I think overall it works because of the way they end it. It leaves it open for another season or for the the end of the show, which turns out that Amazon picked them up. The special effects are some of the best. I keep saying that over and over again. Um, it, and it comes to find out that the creators originally wanted to make a video game out of it. And oh, you can okay. tell by the cinematography and the way it's shot. Even the weapons and the costume design, it looks like I compare it to something like Mass Effect, if you guys are ever familiar with that mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that it's on Amazon because they're going to uh, give them free reigns as far as what they can do with the special effects, the length of the show. They're probably going to advertise it better too. Man. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, fi- I actually kind of find out also that one of the creators, Mark Fergus, uh, co-wrote the movies Iron Man and Children of Men. So, if you're fans of those two movies or just sci-fi in general, and if you ever got a chance to see the sci-fi original uh, Battlestar Galactica reimagined, this is probably a show for you. But it's definitely one of the best uh, season finales that I've seen. The other thing, or the other show I've been watching, unfortunately, did not have a good season finale and actually didn't even have that strong of a season. And that is Westworld on HBO. (laughs) Not sure what that is. Um... Man, this show, I don't know what they're doing, um, but I just finished the second season. It's, Did you do it, it too? Yeah, I watched that as well. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, if you're not familiar with Westworld, basically, it's it's a, a show that's based off a book made by Michael Crichton, who did uh, Jurassic Park, and essentially it's the same thing. There's a park where rich people go, and instead of dinosaurs, there's robots there that play roles in a Western-type environment, and people can do whatever they want in it uh, because they're robots so they can kill them they can beat them they can be nice to them whatever they want but there's subtle hints that the robots are gaining conscious anyway second season not that good really slow i uh, if you 
want to try to marathon this season. I think it's better than watching it in in actual chronological order like I did because it's it just moves way too slow. There's probably three good reveals that they do in this season, but they don't work that well because everything else is so convoluted and all over the place. It's is like it like sh- was it trying too hard this season? Yeah. Yeah, I think like at least for me, I didn't think the season was terrible, but it was very confusing because they they were very heavy-handed with those time jumps. I, I don't think it was confusing. I just think that they don't know where they want to go. They keep going in a multitude of directions, and I'm just like, pick Wasn't one, the show originally intended just to be like one season? I think it would have been stronger as as that. Because I, I only made... I've seen season one, obviously. I liked season one a lot. And I was looking perfect. forward to season two. Mm-hmm. And I only made it through the fourth episode before I started falling asleep a lot. And I was like, <laughs> I, I can't do this shit anymore. Ultimately, there's three directions they could have gone. And they chose all three and kind of threw them up in the air. Yeah, and I guess they they're going to see whichever <laughs> one lands first is where we're going in season three. But I, I just... Especially after watching... Season finale is like Legion, which I think is like fucking top notch. And The Expanse, like this is not something that keeps me excited for the next season, which is really sad. For a show that's one of your flagship shows on HBO, I was just kind of disappointed. But I don't even think I'm going to go back to it, truthfully. Yeah, like I like there's no one I really root for in the season. And I've, heard, no, 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 no. I've heard nobody tell me like this. You have to like finish the season. Yeah, up. it was not like the like, same feeling no. from the first yeah, season. It's it's basically like you're watching these characters, whereas in the first season, you know, you could kind of root for either Dolores or for the man in black or, you know, Bernard or whoever. But in this season, it's like, man, like I I just I don't see it like all of you are a piece of shit and there's nothing that really keeps me invested in these characters. And when you don't have that, it doesn't motivate me to watch your show. So for um, me, it was Evan Rachel Wood. Just her acting was terrible. Dude, (laughs) Dude, this season, it it just seemed like she just phoned it in. Whereas like in the first season, she actually showed like her true talents that she can act. And I was like, wow, isn't it strange that when she's a robot, she had more acting skills than when she's more free when she, didn't have better acting. Oh, well, even in this season when she, you know, is, is kind of playing in the past and yeah. her robotic self, still way better than her trying to be free with it. So, oh shit, yeah. And yeah. they keep recycling lines over and over again. And I get, I get it. They're trying to show like how everything is cyclical and, and you know, yeah, you know, things repeat themselves. But I'm like, I get it, dude. Stop, stop hamming this up because it's getting yeah. ridiculous. But aside from that, really quick, um, I've started luke cage season two and i can honestly say it's stronger and and better more fleshed out than season one which i feel kind of drops off in the middle because they decide to do they make this weird decision and it's something that they should have saved for this season because it works a lot better uh but uh it's definitely a story that is fleshed out a lot more and i think that helps helps you care more about Luke Cage, which is awesome. You really get to like test into the limits in this season. Um, there is a uh, surprise cameo in there as well in one of the episodes. I'm not going to say who. Is it, it is. an Avenger? Uh, I will not say who. It's fucking Thor, isn't it? Oh, my God. Maybe. He might have been wielding a hammer. He might have been lightning. I'm just kidding. But, um, it's a lot funnier, too, and more upbeat, which I liked. And they continue the motif of music from the first season that they all of a sudden stopped midway also and continue it through, it through the entire season, which I really loved. It's It's got this nice Motown feel to it. And the way it's uh, filmed is 
it's got kind of like an old school feel to it, which I really enjoyed. But um, if you liked the first season, you're definitely like the second season a lot more. I will say, however, that it does suffer from being a bit too long, like most of the yeah. Netflix Avengers. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. The Defenders. <laughs> but aside from that, it's a much stronger season. And I think it's one of the stronger ones from uh, these superheroes on Netflix. So check it out. But yeah, that's all I've been watching. Awesome. Uh, let's move on to our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So since it's summer now, I figured uh, the best thing to do here is really talk about some summer flicks that we've been really into. And not just stuff about recent blockbusters and all these really large-scale movies that we see in the 2000s and the 2010s, but really like films that when we watch it or things that we can remember that really remind us about summer. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when I was a kid... Uh, I'd look forward to the summer blockbuster season, and that didn't usually happen to like June, July, where all these kind of big movies came out, and you yeah. wouldn't stop talking about them until essentially the next year. And now you just kind of keep moving on to the next one. Um, so I figured a good thing for us now is to really talk about what film reminds us of summer, like reminds us of the, the nostalgic days of summer movies, summertime. You know, being out and about looking forward to going to these movies and probably might be the only big movie we see that year. And also kind of like a recommendation. Like, yeah. So if you haven't seen these, just, hey, check them out. This is why we like them. If you've been asleep for the past you know, few <laughs> decades, <laughs> then 25, 30 years, whatever, yeah. man. Yeah. And so what we're going to do, we're just going to talk about um, a our favorite kind of summer film that we remember and also bring up an honorable mention, maybe something that you'd still like some uh, some of our listeners to uh to watch as well and we kind of had like a criteria on this one too just jumping in a bit like it was from any movie that was released in the summertime from may to august yeah when summer was truly defined yeah, yeah. i mean now april. it almost starts in april so i mean if you count uh now Black March, Panther, that was february yeah oh so shit yeah technically we have blockbusters all the time but these aren't some of these might not be blockbusters but from the list i saw i'm pretty sure they are so. yeah so uh, let's let's start with you, Marco. Um, I know you've got uh, something interesting to share with us. What reminds you of uh, Summertime? What were your film? Well, my movie is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I'll be back. Dun, 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 dun. It's a sci-fi movie that was released July 3rd, 1991, back in the day. And if you haven't seen this movie, then you probably really have been asleep for the past few decades. But this movie I saw in theaters with my family many, many moons ago. And I remember before watching it, <laughs> I, I was nine years old when this movie came out. What? Yep. Wow. Really? Nine years old. I don't know how old you are, Marco. Yeah, what? Wait, what? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't know how old I am. I was I was actually eight. I lied. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I'm okay, sorry. I'm trying to make myself older. But I do remember that when the trailer came out, I was really ex I was really excited about it because I saw the first Terminator on VHS. That's how old I am. And Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man. I'm old school. And I just love the hell out of that movie and the trailer for terminator 2 was just so great and 
pretty much made me excited for this movie to come out. I was just like nonstop excited. Couldn't stop talking about it with my brother. We'd talk about it like all the time, like saying like, what's going to happen? Is Arnold a good guy or a bad guy in this? I came up with all these different theories, but note though, this is also rated R film. Yeah, it is rated R. <laughs> I saw it with my parents. They were showing like specific scenes over and over again in like DVD promos and like, you know, all the kind of uh, like at Best Buys and uh, the good guys and all that. Dude, I, I saw Predator when I was six. So, I mean, I've been exposed to like movies like very, just, very early. He's numb to it. This guys. My, fa- my family likes movies. Pain. But anyway, just real quick, if you don't know what the movie is about, it's a sequel again to the 1984 uh, Termi- The Terminator. And it's about a futuristic apocalypse in which machines take over and are hunting down humans. And so what humanity does is they send someone back to the past in order to save John Connor, who is apparently the human resistance leader in the future. The first time they try to kill his mother, now in this timeline in 1991, they are trying to kill, actually, John Connor himself, played by Edward Furlong. And his mom is played by Linda Hamilton, and she is just phenomenal in this freaking movie. Yeah, reprising her role from the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger stars as the Terminator. But... What what caught my eye about this movie is just how it was filmed, the 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 way that they meshed in practical effects as well as uh, computer effects. This movie actually really helped up the ante with computer effects, specifically with the antagonist, the T one thousand played by Robert Patrick. The fact that almost all of the the T one thousand scenes were filmed or were coded with computer graphics and it it just pushed the bar to like to the limit it's something that had never been done before but the director james cameron you know went ahead and did it he just said fuck it we're gonna do it if, it was, if it was gonna be anyone it'd be yeah. james cameron too yeah and it still holds up really well absolutely oh yeah you can watch this movie right now and the computer graphics are are still great. In fact, you know what? Some of it, I'll be bold enough to say, some of it looks better than a lot of the shit they do today. Oh, yeah. yeah some of those this movie was recently ones. just remastered in 4K as well. And um, he went back and cleaned up a couple scenes too. Yeah. And it looks really good. So. And it, it left a precedent for movies because it, it paved the way for movies such as Jurassic Park, which used a lot of uh, computer graphics for the dinosaurs as well too. And it's it's techniques that probably wouldn't have existed if James Cameron would have done this. But aside from that, just the 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 themes of the movie as well in regards to the characters, like you know, questioning like who's more human, the machines or the humans, and the interactions between the characters were really good. It's not just a dumb action movie. The writing is really good. The acting is really good. And that's what makes this movie stand out still today. Like, y- you can go back and, and watch it and check out these performances, and, they, and they're still great. And that's one of the things that I enjoyed about it is the fact that it stood the test of time. And even though I was really young when I saw this movie, it's, I mean, it still left an impact on me. So yeah. that's one yeah. of the main reasons. No, but I, I wasn't like shitting on you seeing it as a kid. I saw movies too as a kid. No, yeah. I saw Tombstone. First movie I saw was like oh, six. That's intense. Um, I, I just like, theater too. I don't feel like it says calm anymore. Like, is any kid getting hyped for like the Equalizer 2? No. No. Like a rated R film? They're like, I can't wait. What happens to Denzel? It's, that's cool because that's like a slice of like 91 back then that you just can't recreate as well nowadays. No. And yeah. that's really cool that that's like special to you, man. Yeah. Um, it's... It's also like a double dip for me because it's also one of my top five films of all time. Like I could watch this movie over and over and over again and just not get sick of it. 
because it just left that much of an impact on me. Nice. What about any uh, honorable mentions? Yeah. Do you have anything else you might want to recommend? Yeah, anyone? my honorable mention would have to be uh, The Matrix. Solid uh, film. That's a great film. It almost made my list, but thinking about it, I, I just hold... It's more like of a biased choice because of how much the movie like Terminator means to me yeah. and like the fact that it's one yeah. of my top favorite movies. I was like, I, I got to go for, you know, for my fave. But I would say The Matrix, too. I remember being really excited for that movie to come out and even the sequels after. And oh, yeah, dude. If Re- you, when Reloaded was announced, I was hyped. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. The way they ended, I was like, that's it. I want to know more. Yeah. So definitely, if you haven't checked out Terminator 2 Judgment Day, check it out. Watch the first one, obviously. I mean, you don't really have to. They kind of like rehash what happens at the beginning of this one. But watching the, those two movies like back to back will kind of give you the full experience. And then The Matrix, even though the third movie is kind of weak, it's still, you know, pretty good series overall. So I, I would definitely recommend both. I agree. That's one of, you know, those, those, The Matrix especially is one of those trilogies that I've, I've wanted to go back to to kind of rewatch. I haven't seen them in a while. Same. So that'd be hmm, maybe for a future podcast, guys. Yeah. You never know. Awesome, Marco. Yeah, that's great. What about you, James? Uh, what are the summer flicks uh, that you have that remind you of uh, your previous summers? So my pick for the uh, summer movie or m- movie from summer that reminds me the most about summer would be 2007's Transformers. It's a robot, you know, like a super advanced robot. It's probably Japanese. That's a good movie. Good, good pick. I do. Actually, I got a funny story. I remember it came out uh, July July third, two thousand seven. Oh, strangely shit. enough, it's the magic number. The bill's like not for my. <laughs> um, didn't even get to see it the day it came out because that was during July fourth, and I I was on break from school. No, I wasn't in school in July. What the no. hell, I I don't know. It was just July fourth, I guess, or something. But it was sold out at like two theaters, so I couldn't see it the day it came out. And that's how I knew. I was like, damn, like everything back then, you know, no one used Fandango. No one used I mean, Fandango. Like, everyone was excited for no that. One, yeah, no one did Fandango 11 years ago, too. So we had a, we ended up watching fucking License to Wed instead. Oh. Me and my group of friends, the Adam Sandler and... Um, Kevin James. Kevin James, there you go. No, but Transformers, on the other hand, is uh, a movie directed by Michael Bay, which, you know, hate her or love him. The guy knows how to make blockbusters. Uh, he, he made the, the Bad rock. Boys. Yeah, he yeah. made The Rock in 96, uh, Armageddon in 98. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie stars. This is right when like Shia LaBeouf was just still fresh as hell too. Just coming out of that Disney. Uh, and man, you know what? He's really good in this movie. Yeah, the first one, at least, his character is pretty well done. Like I, at the time, he I was very, I could relate to how like geeky he was and like quirky and like how weird he was around girls. I was like, that's how I am. But you know, it's just uh, only thing that doesn't work is that the fact that Megan Fox is in it, and then yeah. it was like, there's no way he hook up with. It. Super, super hot chick like this, but hey, it happens. It's a movie. It movie happens. magic, man. Uh, regardless, the plot of it, <laughs> if you guys, for the two people that haven't seen Transformers, basically the Autobots and Decepticons are fighting. They're trying to find this thing called the AllSpark. That's about it. Yeah. So was he saying if you basically never had a childhood? Yeah. Well, technically, I grew up with Beast Wars, but I mean, even that gives you the ba- basics of like the Transformers generation. Fuck, so. I saw Generation 1. Yeah. Once again, I'm mm, yeah. I was born in '88, guys, yeah, kinda, yeah. and I mean the tail end of '88. So I was basically a '90s kid. S- sorry, Marco. Yeah, I saw Optimus Prime die. I I later saw Optimus oh, yeah. Prime die, and then six different times in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie, it was just it's got. A, I think it still holds up, especially since speaking of which, 
uh, Nabil was talking about last night. I last year I I binged all the Transformer films. No one knows why. Before I watched last night, they're all like two and a half hours long. Oh yeah, they're they're deep too, man. But James aged five years after doing that too. <laughs> it's just that this first one still holds up the best out of any of them. I think. I agree. Um, visually, yeah. it looks really well done. I want to say this was one of the first uh, HD DVDs I ever bought, too. Yep. You remember you like that, that, guys? You like that? HD DVD, man. Who won that, that But it, it focuses a lot more on their transforming because the yeah. first yeah, time you seen it you actually know film. the names of the Autobots in this mm-hmm. movie as opposed to the four sequels after, or three. I don't know how many there are anymore. Four yeah. or five total? Is there five? Six total films. Is there six? No. no. I think it's five. It's five. Yeah, there's five. There's five, dude. Can't remember any of these. Nabil's made up one in his head. He's like the one where they the go. one the Bumblebee movie coming out. Oh, technically, okay, yes. Yeah, so there are six, but it's that's been off. So it looks good. Um, and I remember like Lincoln Park was doing the soundtrack for this thing at the and time. And they did like the first three, first four. Yeah, but this was their best one. Yeah, and, for sure. Like, the what I've done mm-hmm. or, or song was like hot during this time. It's just one of those movies where a great, great mix of action. I like. I still like the story. I think this is the best story out of any of them. And there's like a lot of heart between uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf's character, Sam Witwicky, and Bumblebee. I really like that kind of relationship, which is weird. I know it's a, it's a robot, but it just works. And Optimus was just so much cooler, I think, in that film. This is the only movie he's cool. After this, yeah. his character takes a, like a fucking a 360 or something, man. He's like, it, it was I'm a, an it was a great now. Great blend at modernizing it while bringing in the nostalgia from like the old cartoons yeah. without so, overdoing it because this, yeah. the sequels definitely overdo it. Oh, yeah, dude. But it's one of those movies that reminds me because I remember just not getting in to see it, but then I saw the next day kind of thing. And it was hotter than holy hell when it came out, and it just worked. It was one of those I saw this movie three times in the theater, so and you guys know me nowadays, I just don't got time to do that kind of shit. So, <laughs> um, my honorable mention though. Another movie that I um, enjoyed at the time as well was um, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Uh, it came out in May 7th, 2001. And I think just the Pirates of the Caribbean films have all come out in the summertime kind of yeah. area. And um, outside of the fourth one, I think all the other uh, four are good. I remember kind of binging them with you before we you, saw the, you watched, the last one. Yeah, you watched the worst one with me first. Stranger you came Tides. in to watch the fourth one, Stranger Tides, the one True. That was ter- with the mermaids. Ugh, that one was terrible. But they, they they had the first one on demand, so I saw that one that too. Like, okay, yeah. I just the first, especially the original one. I think it was a good take on something based on a Disney park um, amusement ride. I mean, it was a, one of the better like pirate films very oh yeah well it was done solid overall. and this kind yeah. of started uh, kind of like pirate craze for a little mm-hmm. bit remember that before the zombie stuff took yeah. over and, it, <laughs> <laughs> and then it was zombie pirates. or, or, or uh, vampires too for a little bit yeah holy shit right and then the hunger games no yeah no to build technically they were zombie pirates so mm-hmm. holy uh, crap they were they started the trends they took the coins <laughs> um regardless though i always feel like those are great because well, first off too it, it takes place in the caribbean and it's always sunny a lot of water kind of just makes me feel about summer yeah i'm like True. i like to go swimming too and then uh you know johnny depp you know, who was when he was really great yeah, he's back when he was really good i actually you know what me and marco saw the last one it wasn't bad yeah it's actually I'm a pretty a good sequel. Last one. I know you guys liked it. I wasn't not a fan bad, at all. But I also did binge watch them all in 24 hours, like five <laughs> movies before that or four. And it's not, it's it's fun. It's also like I would say a summer film. So yeah, it finally uh, closes the loop on an open subplot since the first film. That's true, which, so. yes, it does actually, which I actually liked. Maybe that's why. 
Yeah, me too. Came full closure from that. Yeah, it comes full circle, especially from the third movie. But regardless, it's just an honorable mention. I'm not supposed to be <laughs> talking about all this <laughs> out of nowhere, two and a half letters later. And, then, and that's why I liked Pirates of the Caribbean, <laughs> Dead Man Tell No Tells. Anyways, uh, so yeah, solid movie. And those are the two films. But uh, especially if you haven't seen Transformers, I'd say at least for the first one, give it a look. Very cool. Um, what about you, Nabil? Well, what's, what's your pick? What do you like? I've got some that are a little bit, I wouldn't say obscure, but you know, maybe like, it not is, as big. He's like, it is a British drama, yeah. but... <laughs> I'll let you know, there's a lot of English accents. Uh, no, uh, so I want to talk about a movie that reminds me of Summer very much called Small Soldiers. You put munitions, chips, and toys? <laughs> big action. Oh my god, I'm having an aneurysm. Big trouble. Last chance, scum. Oh yeah? Big movie. They might be defective. What are you packing, Tiny? Packing you. Small soldiers. You'd have to be crazy not to be scared. I don't know if you remember that. No, I de- wow, I, de- I definitely do. We yeah. talked about this beforehand. I don't know why I remember this movie so vividly. I don't at all. Okay. I, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen the movie more than once, but I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, it's it. It was very it definitely. We were kids uh, when this came out. This came out in July tenth, uh, nineteen ninety eight, um, and it stars a very young Kirsten Dunst um, and uh, Gregory Smith. I don't know if you. Remember little Gregory Smith? Yeah, he just doesn't act anymore. He doesn't do it anymore. I want to say he was in a couple little films. He did. He did yeah. kind of try to pick up a little bit. So basically the film is about um, Gregory Smith's character. His name is Alan, and he's a son of a toy owner. Uh, a toy store owner, I'm sorry. Um, and he gets some new commandos called the Commando Elite versus the Gorgonites, um, where they try to essentially just the Gorgonites are like monster looking this things. It's like so like deja vu for me. The commandos are essentially like militaristic things. And somehow by some highly intelligent military computer chips were installed in these things yeah. and they become uh, alive. They're sentient and they're still little small toys and they cause a lot of havoc and chaos. Um, the Gorgonites are trying to protect themselves. Um, with do they Alan. start a small war? They do. Very small war. Or, while the commandos are essentially trying to attack them. And so they will kill anybody Tommy in their Lee way. Jones. He plays what? the lead commando guy. Yes. That's the plot of the film. There's nothing crazy. They, there's a small war and they're toys. And it's kind of funny. Little explosions here or there. But what I will say is one of the things that reminds me of about Summers, I was young. Toy Story had just come out a couple of years ago. And this is kind of like a play on... You know, the toys being alive. This was like a darker... Did they even advertise it as that? Something kind of... Yeah, kind of more gritty. Yeah. Um, But what I remember a lot about it for the summer was that there was so much additional advertising. This is like the first time I noticed marketing where... I wanted to get um, Did you a, want the toys? a, a road. Yeah, I wanted to get the toys for sure. I wanted the rodeo cheeseburger. I think it was from Burger King came out. They were advertising with that. Oh man, um, making me hungry. I know. Um, there was a video game that came out that I remember playing all yes, the time, yeah. and I think it was terrible if you really think about it. But um, I tried to play it so many times, the multiplayer especially. It was just felt like a very long summer, and obviously the film came out for a short period of time. Watched it. Don't think I ever watched it at home. I mean, it was it was a very good film, PG-13, so, you know, I was like 10, 11, and so 
kind of risque for me, even though I watch a lot of oh my God. films at home. <laughs> but first, I think it was what the you, first. What rate, kind of film are you talking about? I think it was the first film like I saw that was um, older than what I was in the theaters. Well, you're you're talking to a guy that was watching radar movies when he was like six, seven years but old. But were you so. watching it in the theater though? He yeah, just I just saw Terminator Two in theaters. theaters. Gosh. Listen, Nabil. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't as lucky. I will say. Um, they went strict on your ratings. Huh? PG thirteen said Nah, you're not thirteen. You got to go back. Sorry, buddy. Um, but so that was a film that really like struck me as summer, and you know, not a film that I recommend really watching again. The graphics, as if I remember correctly, they showed on um, television every once in a while. Uh, graphics don't really hold up that well. No, um, I mean the Gorgonites look decent actually. From what I remember, they yeah. look better than the the other guys. I just looked at the picture, the and yeah, it looks they like go shit. very yeah. uh, <laughs> heavy CG for the commandos. Um, <laughs> I know they do a little bit of practical effects because you know they're plastic toys, but it's nothing I can recommend unless you're really trying to be nostalgic. Essentially, um, you know, my honorable mention as well is another film that James kind of brought up as well, um, Armageddon. That came out July first in '98 as well. That film is, that was the same year that Deep Impact came up, and they were kind of going head-to-head. As a kid, I mixed them up all the time. Yeah. I didn't, you know. Same. But Armageddon was way, the way better movie. Um, Michael Bay directed. You know, I used to, I used to think so, but I recently just watched, like, Deep Impact, like, a few months ago. I kind of like it better. Deep Impact is so mm-hmm. much sadder. Mm-hmm. Soundtrack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Aerosmith the on the soundtrack. Uh, so I mean, is Aerosmith in uh, Sun, uh, Deep Impact? Yeah. Uh, Sun uh, Impact. Yeah, Bruce Willis and so. Ben Affleck and Liv Taylor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Liv Tyler. Um, it, was, it was pretty epic for just a Michael Bay film in itself. And Steve Buscemi, crazy guy in that film. Hilarious. Yep. He's, he's the one that you just didn't know what, was gonna, what he was going to do. And then he did Always a Crazy Sting. Just epic swing shots towards one person to the next, just back and forth oh, with the cameras. The, the cut, dude, yeah. Because yeah. Michael Bay did like music videos before him, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, it shows in those movies. It was a great film. That film, I do recommend rewatching because it's still hilarious, even if for everything else. Is I don't think I've seen that movie since 1998, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it a few times. I remember it more than Small Soldiers, I'll tell you. Oh, that. sure. Well, and that's another thing. Like, that film came out in the summer, same year, and just as big. Yeah, I know people talked about it for a long time. Um, that was a big movie, though. Yeah, I remember. It's definitely the epitome of summer blockbuster, though. It's yeah. just like all action, like the plot's really thin. The Not something. I okay. mean, soundtrack though. <laughs> it, it stayed with I you wanna. for a long time. It wasn't even something like you were expecting. Well, that that James downloading into his iTunes right now. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean hey, downloading? Smith's already in there, baby. Fuck. <laughs> Every single time, you just want to cry. So yeah, solid, uh, solid picks there, guys. Yeah. We got a lot of um, good recommendations, if, especially if you guys have not seen those. I, I think, truthfully, we can even all agree, as much as we might not, oh shit, not like Small Soldiers or anything, but I think they're all good picks, though, yeah. overall. But share share with us what your summer flicks was. What what did you, what do you remember as uh, from your childhood as a summer film? And share those thoughts with us. Let us know. Um, sure yeah, what Raider R movie like did you watch when you were seven? That Nabil couldn't see. And no one really. So wait, Nabil, were your parents really strict on you? You could not see rated R films as no, a kid. So I'll, I'll tell you a little story, quick one. Yeah. Um, 
we went to go see Starship Troopers in the theater Ooh, once. Ooh, bad move. Okay, yeah. I know you're going. And um, <laughs> that's where we did our film. Verhoven. My dad didn't know it was that bad. The shower um, scene, right? I, I'm assuming. Not the shower scene. It's when they first <laughs> land on the planet and they're starting to attack those uh, bugs. Dude, that shower scene is like the first 10 minutes, though. Like, he we was okay, okay with that? We were okay. Like, nudity's nudity. They're nudity wasn't showers. even a problem. It was that scene where, where they start killing the bugs and people dying and somebody gets stabbed. We were crying, Dude, my like brother and I. Graphic. Crying in the theater. He had to take us out. He's like, never again. Never oh, wow. oh wow! That's crazy. And Dude, so that day, that's one of my I haven't seen part. Starship Troopers again because I always remember how scared I was of that scene. It's a movie that's fully aware it's corny. Yeah. How dare you insult the great Paul Verhoeven? Yeah. Come I on. Cried. Man. All right, so let's move on to our review now of the new Marvel film, Ant Man and the Wasp. Maybe you just need someone watching your back. Hi. Like a partner. Dr. Pym, I actually heard what happened to you. You opened up the quantum realm. That's when this crazy could be ghost who like walks through walls and stuff. Stole your tech. And now she wants to take over the world or whatever. Who would have believed that in your hour of need, you would turn to us? Not me. Because I mean, we robbed you. Do you remember? That's us. All right, guys, so the uh, IMDb description of Ant-Man and the Wasp is as Scott Lang balances being both a superhero and a father, Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. Uh, This was once again directed by Peyton Reed, who did the first Ant-Man film in 2015. Um, As you guys can tell in the notes here, I also wrote down all the other films he's done. Hmm. So he says these are the big ones. Uh, yes Man in 2008, The Breakup in 2006, Down With Love in 2003, and Bring It On in 2000. Uh, I like Bring It On. I only knew he did The Breakup. I didn't know about the rest. Yeah. Um, this is starring Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, Ant-Man, Evangeline Lilly as Hope Van Dyne in The Wasp, uh, Walter Goggins as Sonny Birch, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Janet Van Dyne, and Michael Douglas as Dr. Hank Pym. Uh, let's start with you, Nabil. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was funny. Uh, nothing. It's it was good. To me, it wasn't great. It wasn't a terrible film. Um, and you know, when it's hot outside, do I want to go in a room with air conditioning to watch a movie? Yeah. And maybe laugh a little. Very bit. hopeful. Very yeah. hopeful there. Okay. That's good. Uh, what about you, Marco? I didn't watch this movie. Oh wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was like news to me. I was sitting right next to James. Who was sitting next to me last night? So much fun. That's what I think about this movie. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. I liked the first Ant-Man, too. I remember, James, you showed it to me. Yeah. Actually, that is one of the few movies I hadn't seen prior to Captain America Civil War. But oh, you I, actually did not see that one in uh, theaters then, technically. No, no I didn't. Yeah. So I'm glad I got to catch this one in theaters. But I I thought that it was really funny. Like I could not stop laughing in many, many scenes. But uh, I I'd see it again. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, like you guys said, it's a fun film. It doesn't take itself too seriously, especially coming from the events of like, um, not even the events, but I mean, coming off of watching the last Marvel film we saw together, which was um, Infinity War. This is much more of a laid back kind of feel, which is very much in 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 line with the original 2015 one. Uh, I didn't think that it was... I think there, it's not perfect, but I no. had fun watching it, though. I thought it was, once again, it's a summer film. Yeah. I liked how it was very self-contained. It's very self-contained, and that it reminds me of kind of like how Doctor Strange and also um, the first Ant-Man film are set up, where they have their own kind of set story within themselves. 
And I thought the comedy in this one was really, really good. I actually think this is better than the first movie, just on a kind of scale of what goes on. It's also another movie where they kind of expected you to see that first movie. Yeah. They don't explain a lot in this movie. They jump yeah. right that into and, um, a Civil lot. War. They those are the two films. Yeah, they expect that you've at least and hell, Infinity War, I guess, too, if you think about it. Yeah, if you haven't seen for if you're one not cut seen, up on Marvel, then you're pretty much screwed for this. But movie. the whole basis of the film is something had happened in Civil War, which is why relationships in this one are a little strained. Yeah. And obviously, if you did not see Captain America Civil War, you'd be like, I wonder what they're talking about. But this, I don't feel like you'd see this without seeing that movie. Yeah, they kind, the they kind of explain it at the beginning. Because at, at first, I was I was a little kind of thrown back by that brief explanation at the beginning. But then it, it gets well, into the I was thrown back because I thought, I thought the fucking movie skipped. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? I was like, is that it? What the hell? Oh, because the theater just started it. Yeah, you know, just an explanation. Our, our film started with just Michael Douglas talking. And mm-hmm. I was like, there's no credits? Or <laughs> like uh, Marvel Studios? But I think it was intentional. Yeah. Kind of throws you in the middle of something just to... Gives you like a heads up, like a, it's basically a recap in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um. So for Nabil, then what? Since you said, I feel like you're more, as opposed to Marco and I, like we really enjoy the film. What didn't work for you then with this one? You know, it's it's not even that it was a self-contained story because I actually enjoyed um, the Doctor Strange because of that, but um, I just. There wasn't a lot uh, to the plot itself, as far as a Marvel film is concerned. It's pretty simple. It's it's very simple, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I just there wasn't a lot of stakes that I felt that were really high. They, I didn't like what they did with the characters as much as they did with the first one. Um, Paul Rudd, very lovable, very well done with his character, but at the same time, like they also kind of made him seem like a jerk. Like, oh well, he kind of only cares about his family, so he doesn't care about us. Um, which I didn't really thing. get from the first film. In the first film, he seemed like he generally just wanted to try to do better. And the second one, they kind of tried to make him look like... Uh, Would you say, though, that he's also in a different position now, though? He is. He's definitely in a different position. He's more scared of um, the consequences of actually losing He's kind his, of trying to go a little more straight-laced because of the actions he took in Civil War. Yeah. Let, oh, man, it's hard to talk about this. But <laughs> I also... I also uh, it's really, for me, the characters, like they, they kind of flipped out Hank Pym. Um, where he was a little bit more witty and kind of, um, you know, like not taking things too seriously in the first film. This one, he's just very straight, you know, serious old guy, angry. I think it's also because yeah. of why, though, right? Uh, a little bit, but I still think that they could have still made him a little bit more because there was some big stakes in the last film in comparison. Like, obviously, it's a little bigger here, but he could have been a little bit more um, lighthearted, I think, as well. But... Um, the film itself was very funny, I'll tell you that. It wasn't anything that I was like, oh, I really wanted to see it. But just for the pure comedy of it, like especially Michael Pena, hilarious in this film. And I, I like yeah, that yeah. they gave him even more screen time. Because yeah. he to me, he was like the highlight of the film. Him and going off of uh and Paul Rudd's comedy, they that was just they have really good thing that sold together, the film. Yeah, yeah that, like they were just hilarious. Uh what about you, Marco? What worked or what didn't work for you? Uh I disagree with Nabil. I uh I think that Paul Rudd's character Scott Lang, I think he improved because in the first, in, in his first two appearances in, in the Marvel Universe, he's more reckless. He's more willing to do whatever it takes. And so it, it comes across like he cares about everybody. But ultimately, his, his goal was always been his daughter first and his family first. And I feel in this one, he's more aware of the consequences because he had been reckless in the past with helping Captain America and everything else that happened. And he was just trying so hard not to fuck up this time 
because he knew that it was his final chance with his family. And it seemed more like Hank Pym and Hope were actually more the selfish ones because even though, yeah, they were, they were, they had their own agenda, they weren't as sympathetic or empathetic to Scott Lang's situation. Like they were like, so what that you're on house arrest and that, you know, you could go to jail, back to jail at any, you know, for any single I think reason. The reason behind that so, is maybe because they're, the only reason they're even in that position is because of Scott. True, true. But, like, he tried to kind of be, like, the moral compass and try to be like, guys, we got to, you know, watch out for the consequences because this is our final chance. But, um, so I I liked his character in this, and I liked that that growth. Um, I liked his uh, chemistry with the Wasp when they were on screen together and fighting crime. I thought the sequences when they kept shrinking and getting bigger were done better more fluidly oh than yeah the, first the uh, fight choreography in this one really yeah. yeah and i i felt that really worked um the romanticization of san francisco i thought was really awesome because they had some really cool shots of yeah. the bay and i was like yeah you know some of it's not too accurate obviously true yeah. true For the shot but, yeah. but was I, like, it doesn't look like that yeah but i thought <laughs> it was pretty awesome and i do agree with um the luis scenes that that dude was freaking hilarious michael pena just nailed his character even more in in this movie and it was it just brought out all the laughs that you really needed especially after coming from infinity war and his his interactions with all the other characters like some of it you see in the trailers like that that whole scene where he's talking to uh hank pym and telling him like you know we robbed you i was i was still laughing my ass off in the movie theaters um the plot was kind of thin, and um, I'll get more into that when we talk about what didn't work. But that's really what I liked about it. What about you, James? What worked for you? Uh, what worked, I actually agree with Marco. I thought he was a better character this time around because of the actions. So he's changed a bit, and then he's um, he's been more like it seems like Scott has changed as a character too because he's been surrounded by other quote unquote superheroes. superheroes. Even though I don't, I still don't think he sees himself as a superhero. Yeah, and I like is, that. Which is he's cool because he's more like an everyday kind of guy. Um, I thought the Wasp was really cool. I thought Evangeline Lilly's character was a lot um, more relatable in this one. I liked her character a lot more in this. Yeah, in this film. I especially liked like the flashback scenes too, and it kind of explains. And I know that's it's going off of like why they're such assholes about everything in this movie. Um, but it gives you kind of a a back of like this is why they're doing this is because of. You know, they're trying to do something, which, you know, I'm not trying to spoil it, but if you've seen the trailers, it's pretty obvious. Or is it? Uh, what didn't work was uh, I don't think this film understood who their fucking villain was. There wasn't one. They're technically, yeah. well, not really. Kind of. There, there's a lot of sub villains, I'd say. That's how I'd categorize them. Like Walter Goggins is in it, and he plays kind of like a gangster it's never quite explained who he even works for yeah i thought that that was that was just a glaring, such a missed opportunity yeah no spoiler on that but i mean it's a glaring plot hole like i thought it was a like gonna be a reveal later on i was like oh it must be someone yeah but he um wasn't. he's almost there more just for like a comedic value to kind of feed off of like Luis and the security guys yeah um especially with the kind of truth serum uh, moments which i thought were hilarious <laughs> Especially with the reveal at the end, and oh, I, I enjoyed those parts a lot. But it seemed like he was just in the way. It's weird that he didn't ally himself with Ghost, who's played by Hannah John See, uh, Cameron. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in because yeah. I think that 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 would have been an easy fix. Like, why didn't they just work for Ghost? Because yeah, yeah. that would have just once again. I think we're spoiling this a little yeah. bit, so hold off slightly. We'll talk about it in a sec. But 
Um, and also, I thought Ghost as a character, like, they make you feel for her too hard that it's almost like, oh, she's not really a bad guy then, right? That's kind of basically what it is. Right? It's almost like, um, it, I guess it's almost like an opposite of, like, Scott's technically a thief, but he's a thief turned superhero now. And she's just a, an assassin turned... Um, or a good person turned assassin. Good person turned assassin, like, in the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time kind of a I, situation. I feel like they, they fleshed her out a little too fast, and it, they made it sort of where you're kind of on the fringe of what to feel about her, but I think they could have done a better job at it and focused on more a little a little bit more. Because, yeah, like, Nabil was saying, like, they're also that the... She, since she's part of the plot, it's kind of thin, and there's a. Weak oh no, that's definitely yeah. one of the, the, it's villain, the weakest point. I yeah, think the villain me. is what you know, usually helps the story like progress, and what helps like a movie stand out really good. And that was definitely a weak part in this movie. Um, before we go into spoilers, though, Nabil, would you recommend people check it out though, or is it more for the hardcore Marvel fans? No, I wouldn't say it's it's for uh, hardcore fans. I think if you haven't seen a lot of Marvel films, um, I mean, this is a good one to watch. Um, it's it's not too heavy-handed on kind of the past. I will say you probably would have want to watch the Civil War at least. Um, I would say even the first Ant-Man too. I mean, preferably, but definitely Civil War is kind of where all this kind of stems from. But um, I, it's an enjoyable film. It's it's worth going out to watch. I just like I said, as far as Maybe maybe the bar set too high for me for Marvel films, but um, I didn't think it was the greatest. I didn't think it was the worst. I think it was just an okay film, but definitely the comedy was one of the better ones. Yeah. What about you, Marco? Yeah, I would recommend people see it. It's the movie was what I expected because I I didn't really like expect it to be anything too big, especially coming off again off of Infinity War, and we knew that Marvel had to release something to kind of ease the tensions from that movie. But yeah, I do agree. Watch the first Ant Man, definitely Captain America: Civil War and Infinity War. If you haven't seen any of those movies, you may not understand some of the plot points in this movie. But I say it's worth watching in theaters, especially for at least for the action and the visual effects were really good in the movie. Yeah, no, I agree. I I, I enjoyed it overall, and if you like the first Ant Man, uh, I think it's a good jumping off point. Like Nabil said too, Civil War probably be you know they rehash what happens but it's it works it works to watch it beforehand but if you can't see it i think it still works as a standalone film yeah. almost um it might even help you not like compare it to other things too so i'd still recommend it take a look at it it's got some cool action some great comedy and it has a pretty touching story although the plot is light and there's no real central uh figurehead of a villain in this one i still think it works so plus they go to berkeley so it's pretty cool <laughs> All right, guys, uh, let's jump into the spoiler section. We want to talk about a couple more things. So if you want to watch the movie and not, um, as we were slowly unleaking secrets already, but if you don't want to ruin it anymore, just skip ahead to the outro so you can hear about Stop listening to us. our crazy summer movie with what we're going to do here, okay? All right, so back from our little cheesy jam thing there. Um, so as we were talking about the... And now we can talk all about it. So basically, Ghost is not really even a bad guy, right? No, she's... so Deeply misunderstood? She she's, has a genuine reason for wanting to get involved with the quantum uh, 
you know quantum realm realm and, and saving basically janet yeah who's played by michelle exactly and you know honestly that is to me what is kind of the weakest part of the film is that b story with him with her and uh um lawrence fishburne's character bill dr foster bill foster mm-hmm. and um that they try to kind of introduce this and put it all together and then all of a sudden He's like, oh, I'm helping her. And it makes yeah, it look when like she she's showed a up. Yeah. I was like, like oh, no, what's I, going I on? It's, a, it's too convoluted. Like, they they had no direction on where they wanted to go with yeah. a primary villain because you got, now you got Bill Foster, Ghost, then you got the gangster Sonny Birch, and then you have the FBI also after uh, Scott Lang. And it's like, well, who's. Who's the real bad There's guy no here? Cent- that's well, what I mean. They could have easily fixed it by having Sonny Birch work for Ghost and then have that be the terror between her and I Bill Foster. I kept thinking they were going to, but it well, just that's never what I was thinking. Like she, she, she could have had a decent arc, but the problem is that she had no redemption either. Yes, and that was the biggest thing. Is like she was trying to get something, and even at the end, and remind you guys, we're in a spoiler section here. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer comes in and essentially like heals her, and it's like Jedi okay. mind tricks that bitch. Yeah, She's and like, it's here like, you go. Okay, and now she doesn't need to do anything. I'm on my own. She's you know, like, oh no. Like you gave her just sort of disappears. An A background. and B <laughs> plot, and then just kind of forgot to end it. It's like, yeah, oh, there's no real redemption. I was like, I she, had a, is she gonna fight crime with Ant Man and the Wasp? Yeah, man? like maybe she'll be a part of it. I don't know. No. Yeah, I had a I had a real like big issue with that too with Michelle Pfeiffer healing her like that. It's like, well, here's the solution, just yeah. like, like that. I was I like, oh, that was, was like, awfully convenient. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's one of the weakest MacGuffins. I've and ever then seen. like where uh, Doctor Foster's you know telling Ghost that don't go after Scott's daughter or I'll leave. And that's, I'm like, I think okay, that was so just a scene in there though, just to show you that hey, deep down inside, she's a good person. No, not even that. Just to show you that a, a Dr. Foster is not actually a bad guy either. Yeah. It shows you early on, like, he's not going to go past a There's certain a line. limit. Yeah. yeah, he's like, if you touch that girl, I'm done helping you. Mm-hmm. I thought she was going to kill him right so there. So did I. But, but I will tell you that I good. one scene I did like it with Ghost is um, the very beginning where they're kind of fighting the first introduction. Mm-hmm. And she gets to Dr. Pym. Um, and she has her hand face through his throat. And I was like, oh, no, are they going to kill him here? I could That's totally I see him too. dying. I was like, that scene kind of got me a little bit. I was like, how is he not dead, though? Right. She could control it to that point? A little better. I think her powers were a little inconsistent, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, also. Yeah. I didn't quite understand, like, so she can control it sometimes, but how it How can she hold the, the building at all times when she's touching it? Uh, there, there was no epic fight scene between her and Ant-Man and the Wasp. That, they, like, at the end, like, usually the hero and the villains, like, duke it out. And it was just, it was just another fight That's, sequence, but it was I not totally the agree. fight. Because... As opposed to the first one, I think the first one had a really good bad guy. It did, with yeah. The, uh, the Hornet, right? Yeah. And his fight scene, he's intimidated. Uh, the yellow too. Jacket. Yellow Jacket, my bad. Who the fuck's the Hornet? Green Hornet. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I make up my own superhero? Yeah. There we go. Sorry. Jesus. Patent it right here. Money, right here. baby. He's like the B guy. Uh, so Yellow Jacket and him are fighting, and that scene is um, really well done in the first movie. It's a much better much figure. Much more Because he's actually evil as fuck, too. Yeah. So this one, I mean... It didn't need to. I, I. I mean, it still worked for me though. Not having a central villain that's too over the top or somebody that had kidnapped his daughter, like, because that was what I was expecting. So it did go against what I was expecting with it. But I just feel like they should have maybe strengthened one of the characters a little more. Either, and I don't even think Walter Goggins' character was going to be it because, like I said, I felt like he was just. He, he didn't even really been, need to be there, there for the entire end. movie. Yeah. He was there for the end. But I like Walter Goggins. Yeah. No, so he's a great actor. Weird, Me too. <laughs> and I was like, well, it kind of works. I guess he's playing his character from uh, The Hateful Eight, so 
Yeah, <laughs> basically. Basically. And also Justified. I, I will say, I love Justified. I will say also that the other thing I really didn't like about it, they didn't do as much of the whole small skill thing that they did in the first no. film, where you had a lot more time being small, and not just because he was small, but in that environment of being able to experience what it is. Wouldn't you say small. that's just kind of a continuation of the first? Like, I feel like that's just because of like we've shown you this plenty of times in the first movie. Yeah, and maybe that's true. And the this time why. around, it's more focused on like, hey, we can make things little and big, like yeah. the buildings, which and the it cars. was cool for a while. But after after a little bit, I was like, I just kind of want to see him in the environment of small and not seeing close ups of him being tiny. So yeah, I, I th- it kind of worked for me because it, it it it's different from the first one, and they're able to uh, make the fight sequences and the action a little more fast paced yeah. and more like, Bill definitely wanted like the honey I shrunk the kids moment I know Almost, what you're going yeah. for yeah. I know we'll what see, you're going for we'll see that was when he went so they say that for like subatomic so it was the subatomic was where but nothing they like of, substantial happens when he goes quant- into the quantum no I know realm. what you mean yeah true like, and actually true. technically and well, Bill, it looked beautiful though it did look good it was weird I was like yeah. that looks dirty <laughs> uh, guys question here then too so moving into it with the reveal, kind of mid-post credit scene on that one here, where kind of tells you why Ant-Man is not around for Infinity War, I guess, yeah. technically. Because um, Janet, Hank, and Hope are all thanos I guess. You know what I mean? With a little like, snap, snap, of the finger. snap of the finger. Mm-hmm. So what are you guys' theories on what happens? I just wanted to kind of open that up. Like, did that work for you guys? I, I mean, he's definitely, you know, subatomic for sure. So that's an interesting take. So he's not affected by it, maybe. Um, I I think that he will have some kind of significant role and maybe because he was unaffected, start finding out what happened, like maybe gain a power, an ability. Okay. Kind of just, like his... Uh, just like Janet? Yeah, just like Janet because she's going to be there for a while. Evolved. Yeah. And I think they kind of... True. That's actually a good point because I think they kind of laid that in there on purpose saying there was kind of an evolution. He'll probably be down there for a while. Uh, I think Janet mentioned something about watch out for any time warps down there, oh, and yeah. I think he's got he is going to be stuck down there for time, and it essentially is going to use a time warp to get out, and he's going to end up in the future. And I think that might even age him, like he's yeah. been in there like a while, yeah, or he'll cool. or he'll he'll end up in the future, and he'll wake up in the future where half the population is dead after the snap, and he's going to be able to commun- tell. Tony Stark and the rest of the Avengers, hey, we have a way to reverse this, and they're going to use the time warp and the the subatomic, the quantum area to uh, to fix everything. That's, That'd be kind of crazy theory. though that like Ant Man's the savior yeah. of the universe. I, I do like want to. I do want to say I wish they would have handled his situation a little different. Like I wish like they they did a lot of shots where they show the TV screen and the news, and I wish they just would have quickly shown like something happening in New York and yeah. them just not be aware of it. That, that would have been nice. Because it, I think that would have kind of because it, I understand that they were busy with everything. Do you guys but think, you think that aliens a, showing up in New York? I think like, though, truthfully, I don't think it even correlates at the same time. I think there's a time jump from the end of where um, the end, technically the end, not before he gets the the healing canister, right? right. I think there's kind of a couple of weeks in between those two moments of them, oh, like him getting finally released and seeing his daughter, and then yeah, you know, true. I think that's what happened. There's like a month or two between it. I don't think it's boom, boom, boom. I think it was a couple months before. That so. makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Um, James, what, what about your theory? I kind of agree with you, but I mean, God only knows. Because even yeah. if he does that, how's he going to get in contact get people, with? Yeah. Like, get out. No offense, Scott's not the smartest character. Mm-mm. Would he know how to contact someone in the galaxy away? 
No, but what if what if that beeper thing is a beacon that he can that he can use also to to screw? Yeah, they use the I think Ghost might come back technically. Yeah, and help him. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, because she can phase in and out. Because technically, they're helping her now. Because the reason they're getting that stuff is because it's healing stuff. They said our new ghost friend, and they're like, yeah, they're getting gathering that stuff to help her out. So yeah, she's true. obviously in contact with them. She's not in the run, or maybe she is, but not in hiding. Maybe from she them. can't phase, can't destroy because she's. I, I actually out. do know a piece of information, but I'm not going to spoil it. Just say it, dude. <laughs> oh, they they casted an older daughter. Oh. Uh... Oh, okay. Well, that future, makes that's future, not really future. okay. That yeah. makes sense. So probably, but I mean, it also could be him just going through the subatomic phase and just seeing the past, present, and future. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. Just girl. kind of like freaking out. Oh my yeah. Because he already went to the past already and became a woman for fucking ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, guys. Any last words on this one? Um, that post-credit scene. Oh yeah. Sorry, the post-credit the scenes. That was the worst one I've ever seen. I thought he was going to fade away. I was going to be so excited. It's like, no, not That'd be not so, not too. It's so garbage, dude. And they showed it, it was in the trailer. Fucking trailer. Yeah. And that's the first time they've ever shown a post credit scene in the trailer for a Marvel film. I was like, I don't appreciate this one. <laughs> Nothing happened. That was bad. Yeah. That was really bad. It's just the fucking ant plane. I was like, I does it just, is it supposed to signify that he's like, he's, he's so out there. Is he going to be important in the next film? I don't know. Is Paul Red the ant? What a twist! What a twist! Or yeah. the ant, the ant is gonna save him. Yeah, he's like, um, but it did show like the TVs were all off, yeah. signifying that the world had ended in a way. So right. yeah, national emergency em- broadcast system going off. National so. emergency. Yeah, a global so. emergency actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking yeah. So, huh. um, yeah, like I said though, fun film. I'd recommend Marvel fans check it out. Ant Man fans check it out. Uh, if you've never seen a film, you can even kind of jump into this one. All right, guys, that is our review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Once again, guys, thank you for listening and uh, for the feedback, response, and your reviews here. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can find us. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash moviepalspod, or tweet at us at moviepalspod. You can leave us a review as well and subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And as James said, please give us a recommendation as well. We will review it whether we like it or not. That's almost a threat. <laughs> um, so kind of a, some announcements here, guys. We gotta let you know something here. People are like, no, no, they're breaking up. No, I'm just kidding. Um we're gonna actually take a slight break. Actually, this sounds terrible. Marco's People leaving. Probably think Done. they're like, Oh, we've heard breaks before. We've had podcasts that say they're gonna be back a year later. And they never came back. No, um, <laughs> we're just skipping another week, guys, because we want to do our next review on the new Mission Impossible film, Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, but we're gonna do some kind of special leading up to that one where each of us are gonna actually uh watch the five Mission Impossible films that come before it and do kind of a kind of a mini plot summary and our thoughts on it compared we're doing to a, a james ring rabbit hole here and yeah. they want to do it with me do it uh, with us too if you uh want to join in you know share your thoughts as well as throughout the journey of these very five very long films let us know long. how you feel about the evolution long. of these films they're like two hours each relax james is just uh, so i'm already on the now. third i'm on the third film so um i think it's gonna be fun so we're gonna take an extra week because the way that our we usually do these every two weeks the way that this one's gonna fall is that we'd have to wait another Friday to do it. And then the one we're doing right after is we're going to have a special one after that, too, that we'll announce on our next pod. So uh, stay tuned. But until then, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a great one. Mm-hmm.